Coming up, Bleacher Report releases their projected top 100 for the upcoming NBA season, and the Nets have comparisons throughout. Mikhail Bridges tied with Kyrie Irving at 25, and Cameron Johnson just behind Tyler Hero. We break down where they rank and why it matters going into the upcoming season. Coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. He's Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Armbrecht, and we are free on all those great platforms. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day, letting you know that today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with personal supplies of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infection. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And Doug, we've got a Bleacher Report Top 100. You know how that gets us going here on the show. But but it became interesting because where Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, and yes, even Nicholas Claxton come up on this list as we think about the 2023 season. Oh, you know we're getting close to the NBA season when the top it's top 100 season, baby. We're ranking stuff. We're arguing about stuff. We're making it feel like one guy compared to the other guy is life or death, and that's 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 what we want to talk about, man. We want to just yeah. put the guys up next to each other and just argue about it about who's right or wrong. I love these lists, and look, none of these lists are ever perfect. Everyone's methodology is different. There's been a lot of these over every season. There's a lot of different ones. They all generally end up in the same air arena, if not the same structure. So I think that makes it you know kind of fun to look at. I think Bleacher Reports is overall pretty good here. And what's great for us, I think, in talking about just where these guys rank, like you said at the top, is that these Nets guys rank really close to other guys who have been in and around the Nets conversation or just in the building over the last couple of years or even the last couple of months. And that makes it yeah, for an interesting discussion around where the Nets sort of ultimately land in terms of talent uh, when it comes to the NBA atmosphere. Yeah, and listen, both in Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson's case, we'll note these uh, when we get to Cameron Johnson in a minute here, but for Mikhail, he's coming off the fever performance, which we've talked about. It was fantastic. And how about a little extra note, that when they went ahead and gave the ratings for the FIBA performances, we were saying, where's Mikhail Bridges? Just behind Anthony Edwards. No, no, no. 18.51 rating, the highest rated USA player in the FIBA tournament. And now it dovetails into him being labeled as a potential top 25 player in the league. And most notably that he's tied there. A Bleacher Report did this a couple times, somewhere in the 50s, I think around Josh Giddy, they did it as well, where they actually shared the spot. And this is what they did with Kyrie Irving at 25. I think that though Mikhail Bridges came over in the, the Kevin Durant trade, obviously with Phoenix, this feels, this feels great from a season standpoint, because now all year long, we are thinking about what we once had and what we now have, right? The the problems or issues on or off the court that we felt like with any of the stars, Kyrie included, versus the guy that we believe is the new face that isn't going to have any issues, that is the ultimate team player. Like, do you, will you, because I will, carry this into the season and say, yeah, like these players are now comp to one another 
in a way that I think it's hard to do for any NBA players when it's an established guy like Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, or up-and-comers or guys that are moving into a new and expanded role for a new team. I think it's funny to put them next to each other. I wonder sometimes if that's a little content-based, right? Because (laughs) as someone who works in the content world, like I was like, ah, this make, ah, I might have a ton of conviction, not have a ton of conviction about it, but I know what plays really well when they're side by side is these two guys that were <laughs> sort of linked. Mikhail yeah. at 30, Kyrie at 22. They go, you know what? Let's go ahead and just bring that in a little bit tighter. A little bit more. That's better. No, that's good. That's nice. That feels nice. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not saying Bleacher Report did that, but it is convenient. Um, I think that in general, I think what's interesting about this ranking, and if this is really higher than we've seen Bridges compared to in some other lists, um, which yes. I think is, I think is it makes sense as we get closer to the season, especially coming off FIBA stuff that he would begin to climb here. I think that really his these two guys' trajectory look different. And so Bridges, you know, people that want to be really, really pro Bridges are going to say, well, he can he has the ability and the talent to get into the top 20 mm-hmm. in the overall NBA, which I've always kind of like been a little hesitant on. Um, but you can clearly see that you could make a case, right? I, I think you can make a case. I think it's really pushing the bounds of like what he is, but if you think that this is a this is leap season, and we saw a little bit of from FIBA, and at the end of the year last year, if you think we're just beginning to scratch the surface on the offensive capabilities, then I think this ranking looks right. And with Kyrie, I, I still I, I'll still always say with Kyrie that the Kyrie narrative affects his rankings on this stuff a oh, lot. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's, that's not a hot take. He the sort of how you feel about Kyrie, well, because the talent wise, he he is higher than this. I don't think there's like any doubt if you put him just straight up pound for pound talent above the guy like next to the guys on the going up on this list even like based on what he did in dallas really and really what we've seen from him overall like he would be higher but the uh, the Kyrie story ends up kind of getting in the way rightfully so probably so i I think like talent wise if it was just talent i i would take Kyrie. i'm not sure it's like crazy close but I do, and you know that plus the age, I, I, you have to factor that stuff in. But I think that, I think this is correct. I think where they put Bridges here is a really exciting thing. And if you're if you've been top twenty, Mikhail Bridges, then you'd really really like to see this one. And he was fifty eight uh, last year on Bleacher Report, so he's up thirty three spots. To your point about Kyrie, down two spots there from twenty from twenty three to twenty five. And then just to your point, even about all these players, because just expanding it out a little bit, we'll go. Let's just dial ourselves up to twenty two on this list before we move on to Cameron Johnson. That's James Harden. And if you're talking about things impacting where a player should be ranked, I I some I would be hard pressed, all things being equal, to say that I would take James Harden over Kyrie Irving. Like that, that's a hard one, right? The Mikhail Bridges and the Brooklyn Nets and what he means, that's great. But James Harden, for a lot of other equally weird reasons, putting him on this list like above Kyrie Irving is clearly falling is falling victim to something beyond the basketball. No, it's hilarious that because his narrative is not is been looking is going the wrong direction, too. I mean, he's had some epic playoff collapses. He got out and said, never play for this team again. You know, opts in and wants to trade. You might even be pro Harden here, but his. His story is not exactly going though. His he's not writing a storybook ending for himself in in this process. So I think it is, but like this stuff factors in though because I, you know what one thing you love to say about Bridges as opposed to these two other guys, and I really do think this matters is that there is no drama right at least right now, and it's really hard to perceive there ever being drama with him just because it seems like by the by his makeup and just overall sort of just gestalt of how he operates. 
But the drama piece, it is refreshing having a you know quasi superstar on your team who doesn't carry with him the threat of not playing or coming in out of shape or just kind of, you know, being upset with the situation or wanting a trade, at least for right now, right? All these things that seem to baggage themselves with a lot of the, a lot of the other guys on this list. I, like, yes, kind of the whole top 30 has got, not the whole top 30, say, right? a lot of the guys in this top 30 <laughs> have real significant narrative issues around them. And it is refreshing from that standpoint to not have it because after living through a, uh, an era of superstar basketball in Brooklyn where it felt like that's all it was. Um, I'll take my guy. I'll take my top 25 guy with no, with no strings attached. I, that, that, that feels pretty good. Yeah. With John Morant there at 21 in his narrative, Donovan Mitchell yeah. and the potential of what this season looks like already the rumblings that he may already want out of Cleveland again. And then even up to Jalen Brown, who they re upped with in Boston, but also was a rate knocking on the door saying, and eh, they were blowing this thing up and sending you somewhere else. Like, like the whole yeah, list, like Siakam but... said he's not going to resign. Towns, they yeah. might trade. I, like these are yeah. the guys in the list. We already mentioned Harden. You said Ja, right? This whole there's like you could just go Paul George getting older, right? Like there's it's not every guy here, but there's a lot of dudes on this yeah. Lillard fourteen. Like there's a lot of dudes on here that you just kind of say, I don't know. It's nice to not have that be part of the storyline. Coming up next here, let's turn our attention over to one Cameron Johnson. What FIBA rating did he get coming out of the tournament? And where does he stand on this list taking another big leap, comparing him to the players around coming up next? All right, before we get to that, I'm going to tell you about our friends over at Jace Medical. Look, when it comes to medical stuff, your health, your body, the worst thing you can be is unprepared. And, and then the second worst thing sometimes is trying to find a doctor that can just help you get through the things that you're struggling with or the sicknesses that are sort of ailing you. Jace Medical comes in and makes this very easy. They have five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. You can get these things delivered right to your door so you have them when you need them and you're not going to be caught unprepared. You're empowered to just care for yourself and loved ones during the times that just this stuff comes up to be unexpected. We went through this with strep you know, a couple, a couple months ago where it was like, hey, we need the antibiotics. We need the solution right now and this is the the service that jace medical provides to you and it's just really something you need to check out you're going to get packages the same day even if your doctor's out of town you're not going to have to wait for appointments you can just work with the doctors that they have on staff all you do is go online you fill out a form you get a prescription for life-saving me medications delivered right to your door get that peace of mind and that access that you need in an emergency save more than a $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's Jace Medical, J A S E Medical.com. Okay, so continuing the conversation around the Brooklyn Nets ultimately and where several key players rank. Obviously, the big duo, the twins, Mikhail Bridges there, as we said, tied with Kyrie Irving at 25. And then we turn our attention to Cameron Johnson, who unfortunately, unlike Mikhail, who came out with the 18.51 rating, best on Team USA, Cameron Johnson came a little bit lower, as in 3.23, the worst rating in the FIBA tournament for the Nets. Now, the role continued to diminish, as we talked about, and I don't think that you, you look at what he was doing for that team and what the role is the same way that you look at McHale. Very one-to-one, -one, what you want McHale to do for USA and what you want him to do for Brooklyn. Different situation for Cameron Johnson, but when we look over at the rankings on Bleacher Report, also a big positive. 
Cameron Johnson was unranked last year, and now this season coming into it is projected 67th overall and among, again, key figures just ahead of one Derek White and just behind one Tyler Hero. These are two guys for different reasons in the past and now potentially in the future that, again, makes for an exciting narrative to compare Cameron Johnson to in the upcoming season. So this is the these are the parts of the list uh, these top 100 lists or just any rankings list where you start to it, it starts to become sometimes conf, not confusing but it's like where you rank different skill sets right because yeah. once you're at this part of the list like the very top of the list is guys that can kind of do everything or they do multiple they either do one thing better than anybody like it's like a Kyrie thing right he like scores just about as good as anybody sort of like that's ever played so like you can sometimes be unbelievable at one thing or you're just all around great right Jokic Luka these guys that are just like like sort of universes among themselves that's like the, always the top tier then the next tier is guys that you know, we like bridges and guys like that that we talked about. But when you get down here into the 50s, 60s, 70s, it usually becomes a little bit of dealer's choice around what it is you value the most. This is why we've seen Cameron Johnson come in higher on other lists, right? Because he they value you value the defense, you value the spacing, you think he's going to take a leap this season, right? There's um, there's a there's other factors. Sometimes defense becomes a core critical part of this. Like we'll get into this with Claxton here in a moment, but mm-hmm. about sort of where you end up valuing guys, or and so I, this is where you'll see like sort of differing skill sets. Like right, like you mentioned, White, Cameron Johnson, and Tyler Hero. That's like three pretty different players, yeah. <laughs> right? They're all ranked back to back to back, and so now it's like, hey, do you want on ball creation? Okay, well you're going to go Tyler Hero. Do you want sort of table setting? Um, pretty good, really good point of attack defense. Uh, and actually just like great at rim defense for a guard, then you're going to go Derek White. Um, do you want just floor spacing, a little bit on the bounce stuff, good defense? You're going to go Cameron Johnson, a little more maybe well-rounded. You're going to go Cameron Johnson here, right? So I think it's like it's it's personal preference in this territory. This strikes me as like a little bit low, but I think I probably value what Cameron Johnson brings a little bit more to this group than than maybe some other guys, right? So I it's it's yeah. it's tough. But but I can see why, you know, like for instance, like why Michael Porter Jr. would be in this in this range too, a little mm-hmm. bit lower. See, I might even and I might have even moved him up over him, right? Or like Aaron Gordon, right? These guys this is it, it's it makes sense why these are the names that come into this group because it's hard to pinpoint what they do exceptionally, but it's also hard to pinpoint what they do poorly. Right. And so and that and that's probably what this group is. And I think I find it interesting, too, because obviously I mentioned the comparison. We know the Damian Lillard situation with Portland. Will there be a trade? Will the Nets be involved? Will they get Tyler Hero? We've kind of fallen to the camp that it seems like that is furthest thing from likely when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets at this point. But to your to your point about the way that these players are in the skill sets, you know, Tyler Hero, as they note in the Bleach Report description, it comes down to, yes, he obviously can score, he can create on ball, but can he do it efficiently enough? to cover up for what is not a part of his game, the defensive end. And that's where when you say like my personal preference being Cameron Johnson and not just because, and it's a skill set wise, I want a guy that can do both things. You're not going to do them to the extreme elite level on both ends of the court with consistency, like the guys at the top of this list. But I want to know that I get some more size, that I get some more length, that I get some more defensive versatility. And it, it is where I look at a guy like Tyler Hero compared to Cameron Johnson and even Derek White, for that matter. He obviously had an exceptional season with Boston last year. It's what allowed or afforded them to move on from Marcus Smart, feeling comfortable with him in the backcourt. Those type of players are the model of guys that I'm looking for. I think here it really does come down to me. They gave Cameron Johnson a very big bump based on what they think the role will be coming into this season. 
where these yeah. other players have a track record, right? Tyler Hero, whatever he is or isn't, he's been doing it consistently year over year. Last season in totality for Derek White represents what they think he's going to be going forward. Cameron Johnson probably in this range offers the biggest like mystery. Will it be yeah. the thing that we think it's going to be versus what we know some of these guys are? Yeah, and we've talked about this. You know, we go back to our Cameron Johnson, Cam Johnson episode around sort of the case for most improved, right? Yeah. That we were kind of speculating about what the role was going to be going into this year without having a full understanding of it yet because we it remains to be seen. I I think that it makes sense to be super bullish on or reasonably bullish on what he's going to bring this season as compared to the past because there's just a lot of signs that point to this, right? We, we many of which we've explored in depth already, right? Like the usage is going to climb. The role is going to climb. He got paid. So you know that everything's kind of set there, right? There's a lot of things that just, there's a lot of boxes that check going in they're checked off going into the season. Honestly, even with the team USA performance, which was underwhelming, I think just even being part of that group is, is helpful. Right. Yeah. At this point, because I think the expectations were sort of low for him anyway, there. And as opposed to maybe like an Ingram who comes out of that looking you know, there's a little bit of head scratchy performance. I don't think he Johnson didn't have the same. He just didn't have the same, not baggage, but he didn't have the same things attached to him as some of these other guys. I think the sort of the understanding was he might not play a ton. So I think just everything lines up for him. Well, and I think it is good to be, I mean, look at like Matt Moore over at uh, action network and locked on nuggets host. He put cam in the forties. Uh, that's probably yeah. a little high, but it's for the same reasons that, it's really for the same reasons that Bleacher Report is ranking him here, too, is to say, hey, yep. we're expecting sort of better things. By the way, before we move on to Nicholas Claxton here as well, uh, 69th there on the list is Austin Reeves and Chris Paul tied. And if just like the, the, the opposite end of the spectrum of where they are in their career and another guy in Austin Reeves who came off a really nice FIBA performance for himself as well, like all those things are great. But this is the kind of stuff that does catch my eye where I go, boy, that's fascinating. Like, and it is about age and it is about role and all of those things, obviously, when we think about a guy like Chris Paul. But I just it's it's intriguing to watch how these unfold. And that's why we talk about Cameron Johnson in that vein. Coming up here in a second, Nicholas Claxton. He makes his way finally, deservedly onto the top 100 list here. I'll not only tell you why it's a big deal relative to some top-end talent on this list, but also when it comes to Team USA. Get into that in a second. All right, before we get to that, I'll tell you about our friends over on FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season. FanDuel's got incredible offers. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers, you can get $5.00. You can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Those bonus bets can be used all over FanDuel, really for everything they offer. Um, so you're just going to be able to get in there on, on you know, spreads, player props, you know, over-unders, everything up there on FanDuel. And that, that deal in and of itself would be good enough. You'd say, okay, hey, $5, $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Sold. Okay, let me resell you here. Because plus, when you do the same thing, all customers who bet those same $5 are going to get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube or YouTube TV. Look, we're only getting into week two here. You got to go and get this deal now. Make sure you're locked in for all the games and all the bets on FanDuel. It's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is very easy to use, and you can just literally bet on everything. FanDuel, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you're not going to want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, so as we round out the conversation on the top 100, we remind you guys, you go over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on nets and you get in on the conversation with Doug 
and with me, Adam, because we continue to have these conversations around the nets. You guys think that we do it for 30 minutes on the podcast, five days a week for 365 days out of the year. That math doesn't check out, but you get the point. It's like getting into a group discussion with your buddies, conversations we won't get to have on the podcast, especially when we get in season. We're going to be giving you the pregame scouting report on the opposition. We're going to be talking about deep bench players, maybe rising guys at the G League level like Clowney. How is he developing throughout the year? You want all that conversation, you got to get over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on nets free 14 day trial. So Nicholas Claxton's the man. We all know that. By the way, he didn't play for FIBA, probably should have. And I'm going to tell you why he should be playing for Team USA in the Olympics in Paris as well. He comes in at 96, unranked last year, and, and you and I have been the champion of Nicholas Claxton and where his value is and why, unlike maybe some other players the Nets have had over the years, he actually is in the model of, of where the NBA has been going versus where maybe they were and the Nets being a step late. But when I went back to the top end here, going back to that Mikhail Bridges discussion, other guys in that top 30 range, when we talk about bigger players, Zion, Bam Adebayo, mentioned Carl Anthony Towns earlier, those guys are all top 30 talents, and I'm not making the comparison Nicholas Claxton is one of those guys, but I'm making the comparison that when we come back next year, we'll be talking about Nicholas Claxton getting a jump like Cameron Johnson saw, getting a 30-positional jump here because I think he's ready to take that next big step forward. We've seen every little glimpse of that along the way over the last three seasons. Yeah, this one strikes me as low even now yeah, and and but you know when you go player by player at the, at the group above him this again this is the next group of guys where it's like you might have this is the group of guys like young and we're hoping for a lot more right there's different categories of this of you know if, if you look around the, what the other guys that are grouped around around Claxton it's like uh, like Scoot Henderson was in there and Benedict Matherin and guys like this it's like hey maybe we're hoping that these guys and, you know, Scoot, whatever. I mean, Scoot probably will take a pretty big jump here. I mean, Keegan Murray, it's like, ah, I don't know. Would you rather have Keegan Murray or Nick Claxton? It kind of depends. You need a wing or do you need, you know, switching rim defense? I'm not – it kind Would of you depends, rather have John right? Collins because he's 93? Well, that that was the next guy I was going to get to, right? So, it's like – then it's like Collins. It's like, I don't know, really? I mean, maybe after a year in Utah out of Atlanta, you know, under just sort of some new coaching in a slightly mm -hmm. different role, maybe he's primed to just sort of get back to where he was, which was much higher before, right? He had wrist issues and the effect of the shooting that looked like it was cured at the end of the season. So I, I think that there's – this is the group of guys where you're like, we could be – obviously, when you're get close to 100, it's like we're going to be off the list or we're going to be probably taking a big jump, right? <laughs> like that's going to be – that's every guy. Like Brogdon, he's at 89 you know is he closer to jump or closer to be out of 100 outside of the top right. 100 it's easily outside of the top 100 if you're closer to like what you're closer to right i think claxton is in the jump territory still the reason he's not higher is one maybe the defense isn't valued as much we've seen this as a point of contention among other people a lot of metrics will show you he's one of the very best on ball center big defenders disruptive defenders in the league right that alone yeah. should have you much higher the offensive game is not eye-popping and that can drive this these rankings down sometimes, right? He needs a lot of other stuff to sort of happen for him. It's why Walker Kessler and guys like this are in the same range, right? But I I think, yes, I agree with you. He probably should be higher here. Um, we value the defense probably more than others because we watch it every single day. And if you don't, I can understand why you might not rank him higher, right? Yeah. But he's... He's closer to being at 80 next year or 75 than he is outside of the top 100 for sure, for sure, yeah. right? Just because just sort of what we know about him. 
And the other thing here to note too that I thought was interesting. So we're tying in these comparisons. Um, there's a there's a rookie on this list here that I want to touch on. But in addition to that rookie, there's also Scoot Henderson. He comes in at 83rd. Uh, Anthony Simons comes in at 74. Again, the comparison, right? Because Cameron Johnson is in the 60s. Nicholas Claxton is up in the 90s. Maybe he should be a little bit higher. But this is a team that may be the pass through trade, putting Mikhail Bridges in Portland with Damian Lillard. You could have gotten back some of these young guys. And I think this is where you do get into it, right? Young players that are unproven or just getting themselves started like Simons. And you say, hey, what, what, what do you want, right? Draft capital. And so a couple of guys in the 70s and 80s on the rise, or do you want a top 25, top 30 guy, Mikhail Bridges, a Cameron Johnson, and waiting to see what comes of the next season or two? And so that that through thread of comparisons of where guys rank for Brooklyn and what could be expected becomes really interesting for me. Um, the other guy that I'll just note here <laughs> that I find interesting, Weminyama is expected to be phenomenal. He's 63rd on this list. And this, by the way, goes yeah. for all rookies. I don't, I don't know what it should be because I don't think just on talent alone, on the prospect of it, you have to put these guys somewhere. You can't leave every rookie out of the top 100 just because you haven't seen them at the NBA level. But I was like, man, my God, 63. He hasn't, hasn't played a minute on an NBA court in a meaningful game. That, that's, it's just high expectations. And he had that coming into the draft. I just, he'll be a fascinating watch because of the hype around him. Arguably some of the biggest we've seen going all the way back to when LeBron came out. Wait, you think you think Wembenyama at six three is too high? Well, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Like it's not too high or too low, right? Based on the talent and what he is and what we think he's going to be, he should be. He should be. Maybe he should be higher, right? Like because you can look at players on that list and say, are these guys pretty well capped at who they are? And this is a player on the rise. And when you think about Scoot Henderson being at eighty three, I don't know. Maybe maybe Wemby should be a top fifty player coming into like coming into this season. I don't know, but I find it fascinating where rookies get placed because you don't have anything beyond what they can be right yeah yeah it makes sense i i get why it's hard I, sometimes the exercise i try to run through is like who would i trade for sh like sort of straight up um and That's like good, would yeah. these even would these even be discussions right like so you know just you know would you trade Wembenyama for jeremy grant i mean like no one would even discuss it <laughs> right. right like, so, like for Rudy and, i mean the, there's a million guys in the list yeah. ahead of him deandre ayton it's like i mean i don't know uh yeah, just take one. I like no, Miles Turner. Phoenix. Yeah, there, there. so you're, that's what good, I mean. Like so, I, yeah. I think like sort of just running down that extra, and then start, and then at some point it starts to get kind of tough because you are you haven't seen it, and then you you do just kind of know, right? Like you can't put him in the top ten right now. He hasn't played an NBA minute, so I think that like that would be incorrect. But I I did think this struck me as low, just based on the. Because, like, where is he going to be? Like, at the end of next year, short of being hurt, is he going to be in the 70s? It's, like, impossible to even think that, right? And so I right. think that at that point, it just makes sense. It would make sense to me to just go, like, at least top 50. And and that's just based on some of the guys. And, again, I did not make my own top 100 list. These things are very difficult. Like, when you get all the names down there and you get all the factors in, yeah. it, it is hard. And that's why they all look different, except when it's Jokic. <laughs> And then and everybody else, right? Um, and so, but even like Jokic, I, people argued about this last year, and it was just so obvious by the end, right? But I, I don't know. Yeah. So I, these these lists are hard, and the Wembenyama one did strike me as a little low. 
By the way, um, the last note just on Nicholas Claxton to round out this conversation. I wanted to just touch on a couple of other names there, like the rookies, obviously coming in. Um, but Billy Reinhardt had asked the question, talking about coming out of FIBA and going into the Olympics in Paris. Who are the bigs that you would bring in this star-studded cast that LeBron's putting together? And it was a short list because there's not a lot of guys like in the NBA that you think about. Bam Adebayo maybe being among them. You go I, I, immediately. I went back to Nick Claxton and said. He probably should have been at FIBA. You you can go right now and think about the losses they had in FIBA and what Nick Claxton could have meant for that team with a lack of big depth and rim protection. I think that he I think he's a top candidate based on early season performance to start to immediately get into that discussion of a young player on the rise that you could see take that big leap, not only through the NBA, but then through the Olympic stage as well. Is that too am I am I being too lofty around that expectation given the talent in the NBA and, and how they'll want to construct that team? Well, I mean, what we clearly saw was that Team USA made a huge mistake in per player personnel when it came to their yes. bigs. Uh, like, that one is really not even up for discussion. I, it was so obvious. They were playing, like, Paolo at backup five. It's just not correct for international basketball, right? And so they made a huge mistake going forward. Now, even some of these other guys, like LeBron or, like, AD, if these guys were to go, they would just – those guys alone would just, just give more size <laughs> overall across the board. Um, yes. I think Claxton's Claxton's game definitely translates here in sort of rim protection um, and just helping in, you know, sort of just bigs like this are um, have advantages. I, it, you, you, it's a little bit better to have a little bit more of an offensive game because you have the advantages like both sides. But it was so clear that what the U.S. was doing. I mean, other teams exploited the heck out of this with the switching. They wanted to switch everything. And it's like, oh, you want to switch everything? Well, great news. Now you're going to have these guys in, in the post on switches like Austin Reeves or Brunson, right? And you're just going to get kind of ruined that way with no real help. So guys like Claxton would help there. Maybe he's a little undersized like from a, just like a you know a girth standpoint. But um yeah, no, I think he would. He definitely would fit. I, he definitely would fit. I, I'd be shocked though if if you're if they're putting together the super team, right? If that's like the LeBron and Curry super team thing, he just doesn't have the name cachet to get there. I think, and I think that actually is probably the, a bigger problem than anything else. Yeah, probably. So hopefully, he makes the case for himself. Three Brooklyn Nets in the top 100 sprinkled throughout a top 25 star in Mikhail Bridges. All the needles pointing up for Brooklyn and this new core heading into the season. Exciting as we continue our way through the offseason. All right, make sure you are joining Subtext. Join Subtext.com slash Locked On Nets. Join the conversation. Two-week free trial, man. Just go go get in there. There's no no risk. Get in there for the free trial. See what we're throwing out there. It's a great messaging app that we're just really excited to have already been using and continue to use this whole season. We're going to have a lot of really cool stuff happening on Subtext. Make sure you join Subtext.com slash Locked On Nets. Be clearly aware of the stars and infinity on high. Then life seems almost enchanted after all. Why, that's Vinny Willie Van Gogh. Oh, one of the all-time great poets, R.I.P. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn. He's dead? Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs>